I'm Diana, and I love printing and design, typography and branding, books and publishing. I've traveled the world learning about trends to share with my students and with my readers. But I haven't forgotten where I started, writing papers about paper on paper. And now, I've created a podcast to share what I know with you. So, let's talk paper scissors. Meet Lonel Selbo, publisher and designer of Life Olay magazine, a digital publication serving Prince Edward County, Ontario, Canada. In this conversation, Lonel explains her magazine's origin story, why digital is the right format for her publication, and the way she's adapted to help local businesses promote themselves during the pandemic. Linnell defines maximalism and how she embraces it in the design of Life Olay magazine. She also explains how she uses rules in her creative process, specifically focusing on the criteria of intentionality and usefulness. Linnell shares where she thinks the future of magazine content is headed, and she also shares future plans for her magazine. Also, I share my big idea for the future of the magazine industry and a collaboration is very possible and you are hearing it here first. Finally, insights about the power of listening emerge and re-emerge throughout the conversation. This is a recording of TMU's magazine production and publishing class in spring 2022. You'll hear that Linnell shared her website in class and you can follow along in the show notes at talkpaperscissors.info. Let's listen in. Hello. Hi, class. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so let's start with the, the, uh, my burning question, which is, mm-hmm. who is Linnell Selbo in a nutshell? Mm, I'm such a complicated nutshell, but I'll give you a very small version. I'm an ex-Torontonian, uh, and I live in Prince Edward County now um, in the countryside on the water with my family. And I'm also the publisher and the editor and a lot of the creative heart and heat behind uh, Prince Edward County's Life Olay magazine. Basically, we moved here in 2016, but for many years before that, I was the editor at a lot of different Toronto publications like uh, Lush magazine, Mud magazine, YYZ Living magazine. So they were essentially um, kind of big beautiful, oversized fashion and lifestyle uh, focused publications with really uh, like edgy and gorgeous writing and art direction that was mostly a credit to the adventurousness and the avant-garde feelings of the publishers that let us do what we needed to do to make pretty and, and interesting magazines. I have always been really into the arts. Um, When I was in high school, I um, made extra money by doing portrait commissions, uh, you know, from my friend's parents and then their friends. And I've been a published author since I was a little kid. Um, And then I went to school for advertising and journalism uh, with a bit of psychology mixed in. Um, And when I was in ad school, I couldn't decide if I wanted to be a copywriter, if I wanted to be an art director. So I decided to do both things and I learned desktop publishing. 
But when I graduated, I leaned towards copywriting, but I always had those design skills and, and those tools to, to bring into everything I did. Um, and then I was recruited for my first job in advertising directly into publishing as a writer, and I loved it. And I worked my way up the masthead until I got to where I am right now. That's me in a nutshell. Great nutshell. That's awesome. So you have kind of the the writing side, you have the design skills and the, the tech side, so you can kind of merge and the art direction, the the artistic, the all of those skills. And that I'm a keener. I'm a nerd. I like yes. to do all the things. So <laughs> We're, you're in good company. You're in good company. Maybe. <laughs> or I'm tedious and you've had enough of it already. <laughs> <laughs> hardly, hardly. So I, I want to hear more about Life Olay magazine and kind of can you tell us why you created this publication? Mm -hmm. um, so when I got to the county, I was uh, totally in love with it. And there was so much like uh, so much, so many unexpected things. Like there was so much culture and there was so much society and the arts and music scene was amazing. And the culinary landscape was totally mind boggling already. And uh, after a while, I felt like my friends were getting totally bored of me gushing about it. So I thought that the thing that I should do was to launch a magazine, um, since that's what I do, and try to capture uh, all of the gorgeousness of it all. So we got here in 2016 and uh, Life Olay was born in 2017. And at that time it specifically focused on sort of uh, food and drink, arts and culture and uh, county life in general. So that's why I made it. I love that. I just you have to start a magazine. You love something so much, you just have to share it with the world in, in the format, <laughs> in the medium, you know how. I had to create some structure so that people outside of the people that were hearing too much of it could uh, come to me and, and appreciate what was going on here. So that was a big plan. Can you show us the magazine? Basically, this is a little bit of an evolution because there's a lot more happening here. And I guess we'll get into that a little bit later. But um, I wanted there to be a look to it, like a style. I wanted to create something that felt um, editorial and captured some of the feeling of print, even though it was a digital, uh, a digital production. So this is kind of the magazine. Um, and then we... Um, we can look into these. We'll look into these a little bit later. But essentially, I mean, that's that. We go into, I can, let me open up some articles maybe. What's something that's cute? Let's just go to the category. Uh, the, the big idea was that I wanted it to have a look and feel of something that was print, um, but have the accessibility and, um, and like gorgeousness of print, but be accessible in, 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 uh, to people from everywhere. And also, you know, the county moves incredibly fast and changes a lot. And we needed to have a, um, we, we needed to have something that could be responsive and print. Uh, you know, my experience in print has always been in quarterlies. I've never worked in anything that came out more than four times a year. And the idea of trying to keep up with the county, and I've seen a lot of other books come out about the county that were almost, you know, bricked by the time they came out in print. 
um, seemed impossible. So it was the first thing that I learned was really um, let's make something that's going to last and digital is the right thing to do. So um, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say that's such an interesting point of view. I am a, a print person through and through. I mean, I, I understand the accessible nature of digital. I understand kind of why something lives in a digital format. But it's so interesting that you see print or see uh, digital rather as mm -hmm. something that that has that lifespan, whereas we think often think the opposite, that print yeah. has that lifespan. But you're saying because things move so quickly it's this is actually a, a better space for this content to live it's you know we have so much going on here uh and a lot of people come to the county and i mean this is a bit of insight but i guess a lot of people come to the county and they see a lot of magic and it seems like there's nothing but opportunity and you know when i was living in toronto and i thought oh i'm gonna move to a small countryside town and i'm gonna take over the newspaper and i'm gonna you know and and you come and you sort of have all this hubris and you think you're gonna go into a space and make it amazing and then you come into a space like especially prince edward county where there's so much talent and so many incredible people and a lot of things have been done and not everything worked but you know i did a um uh, do you remember Clubhouse? I don't know if anyone's even still in Clubhouse, but at one point I went and I did a couple of lectures um, that are talks on uh, on how to move to the country it was supposed to be. And I thought three people would come and so many people came to the talks and were like, everybody wanted to know how to move to Prince Edward County. But anyway, the point <laughs> that I'm trying to actually make is that the first thing that I said was, Come here and dream big, but don't do anything. Just sit and look at what's going on. You know, watch what's happening. Check out the landscape and understand it because the chances are your big idea has been done or it just doesn't make sense here. And, and, and living in the country is different from being in the city. It has a different vibe. Even if there are a lot of city people here and a lot of like sophistication and all of those things, you still have to get the, the pace and the vibe. And so I guess, you know, with, with this kind of um, shift between digital and print, you know, you think, oh, it's not like there aren't print magazines here. It's just that they aren't special. They come out quickly. They're more like newspapers. And, um, and then the ones that aren't like newspapers cover a very broad region and they really just only hit up the big things that are happening and will likely still be here by the next season. So things change here things move a lot and you want to be with it and and i think that digitally you can react quickly and you can show things that are happening and it's really exciting um you know i'm everywhere i go to all the events i do all the things and i i do my own photography and i can do whatever so i i'm always ready to capture it in the moment if i need to and this platform and to mention i've never even worked at a digital publication pretty much before this my background is entirely in print. So this was a huge education in the moment, um, having to understand uh, what was going on and what should be, you know, what, what serves a place like this and this kind of concept. So it was exciting, but it was all new. And I, you know, threw, threw, jumped in with both feet and, uh, and did the best I could. Well, you've done an incredible job. And I absolutely love the idea of, and I think your advice is so sound and so um, so necessary, is instead of thinking you're going to come in and, and take over the place and you've got big grand ideas, uh, the advice being to kind of sit back and understand 
this place and understand mm-hmm. kind of how you can fit into it rather than trying to overpower it with totally city folk. Yeah. And I mean, look, that's just one example, but maybe it's also that I'm older and a little wiser. And maybe that advice could have been good for me to take myself in other contexts when I was younger, you know, just to kind of observe what was going on rather than to jump in and have all the ideas, you know? Yeah. So anyway. Great advice. So I'd love to know also, uh, I know that you created something specifically during the pandemic to kind of Mm -hmm. speak to the needs of what was what your publication and your audience Mm -hmm. wanted. Um, So you call it your virtual market. Yeah. Just tell us maybe a bit more about that and what the the all, all there is to know behind that. Yeah, for sure. So we kind of entered the fourth year of the publication um, in the midst of this pandemic. And because Prince Edward County is a very heavy tourist destination, um, we needed to sort of scramble to figure out how, how to help businesses from the county uh, have, have ways of staying afloat and also to help uh, readers from off the island find ways to connect with us. So um, in March, uh, of 2020, we launched this, uh, we actually launched three virtual markets. I can show you the others as well. This one, there was the main county market, and then there was one that served real estate more and one that served uh, like it was the stay market. So it was more B&Bs and, and uh, inns, motels, hotels, things like that, um, places to stay. So, but this was the main market. And um, the idea was that we would give a vibe that was like sort of like a real farmer's market um, where uh, the content and the personality of the stalls had had the content and the photography of the stalls sort of had the personality of the actual businesses. So in a market, you're interacting with people and, and we wanted it to have like a you're interacting with people vibe, but we wanted it to still be pretty and editorial at the same time. So um, we basically had made all these colorful stalls. Uh, we used it for us as a source of revenue. So, I mean, I don't use, do a lot of advertising in the magazine because I want, uh, the content to be very staunchly legitimate. So I've always been very particular about the way that I advertise, uh, in the magazine, but with the market, um, people had a lot of funding available to them for especially online venues on online marketing and advertising. So what I did was I wanted to create something where I could have um, uh, different sizes of businesses sitting shoulder to shoulder. Uh, so mom and pop businesses like actual farm stalls uh, right next to more established businesses in the county, like uh, the Drake Devonshire or something like that. So that it was creating this sense of like um, kind of down to earthness for the bigger businesses and also giving credibility to some of the smaller businesses. And so it would feel the same way it would in a, in a farmer's market, but pretty and easy with a really convenient format um, so that when you click on the stalls, um, so that when you went into the stalls, it had, um, it still felt a little bit personalized, but there was an opportunity. It felt like a, an editorial article that would be in a, uh, potentially a magazine, um, and, uh, also have the opportunity to like leverage the fact that we could have multimedia, take people directly to the shop 
um, you know, whether it was a restaurant and people could go and buy gift cards um, or whether they wanted to know exactly where it was. They wanted to know more about the neighborhood it was in because the county is huge. It's like an, it's not even that it's huge. It's just that there are so many bodies of water in it that it takes an hour to drive from end to end by the time you've gone around everything. So knowing where the neighborhoods are and what's there helps you plan a trip better. Um, and then having the opportunity for multimedia options. In this one, the chef uh, decided to create, uh, offer a recipe because people weren't able to come in at that time. And also it was so popular that she left it there. Um, and then a little bit about it, a little bit about some of their other properties. These guys also have a Japanese bar as well as a whiskey bar, as well as their other restaurant. Um, and then the, um, again, trying to create connectivity in a time where we weren't connected by creating a county love chain so they could send people through to one of their competitors, um, which is very county is like, um, you know, like, we're all in this together here, go to this restaurant, if you don't want to go to mine, or whatever it happens to be go to this winery after ours. So, um, and then we created another component to it that was um, an experience list. Uh, where people could actually make a trip. It was a trip planner. They could click on this um, and it would add it to their personal experience list, which would be here. And uh, then they would be able to click onto that at any time and see where they, it had all of these businesses at their fingertips um, for when they wanted to come here. So that was a big plan. And the idea that when you're doing digital, uh, digital publication, the sky's the limit. You can do whatever you need to do and you can create all of these different interactivities and you can continue this sort of design throughout so that people still feel, again, trying to retain that print feeling and sensibility, but, um, but having all of those lovely benefits of digital. Um, and uh, I, I feel like it worked and it was an exciting thing to do and it was exciting for the county and everybody was like really happy to have a space where we could all be together. Um, in a in a virtual landscape so if not in a physical one yeah it's almost as if you've helped readers surround themselves with kind of this like comfort and warmth and safety through the pages of your magazine and yeah. maybe my next question then is why did you take this approach to design and like how have you actually accomplished this idea that you're you're talking about um well i've I've always personally liked being uh, surrounded by interesting and exciting things. Um, I love the opportunity to explore. And I feel like um, in the past uh, with, you know, most media for a very long time, it's been all about white space, this big celebration of emptiness and white space. But when the pandemic hit us, I started thinking about um, Faith Popcorn, who is a really wild and interesting trend forecaster. I think she began in the 80s. Um, but at one point she was talking about this concept of cocooning and how in times of um, stress, uh, whether it was like wars or economic pressure or other stresses from the outside world, people uh, started to, she started to notice that people were staying home and that they were surrounding themselves with things that made them feel safe and warm and comfortable, mm -hmm. like you said, what the, that meant, like buying more comfortable things for their house or whatever it was. Um, and it was really interesting. And I always think back to that in times where there's a lot of external stress. And I kind of wanted the magazine to be more and more like that. So I added more things to the homepage, like I was showing before. 
Um, and, and, and I added more color and I sort of removed that like emptier feeling so that people that were coming to the, to the magazine could explore and feel like they were getting, you know, they were doing interesting things and they were like cool and exciting and interesting things like the market. And then we also did these county guides that I can show you now. Um, oh, actually, I think I opened them already. I opened things because I have terrible internet. That's like the big downfall of the county. So I thought I would open them in advance in case they didn't come out at the time. But so these are sort of all the different neighborhoods um, in the county. I commissioned an artist, a local artist to do this, this sort of overview map as well. Um, and uh, when you click through in any one of these, it shows what the neighborhoods are and what's in them. And it's kind of uh, a little bit exciting, whether it's like more tourism things to do or whether it's um, amenities or services that locals need or whatever. So it kind of, and, and a little bit of history about all the different neighborhoods and what the personality is. Um, and so I wanted to add things like that, that you could access from the homepage so you could just explore and it would be fun and it would feel warm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that was my, that was my big comfort, warmth, safety, cocooning version, um, in the modern day that I changed, um, that I updated the, the magazine with. It is so beautiful. Can I, Thank can you. I <laughs> tell you, I feel warm and safe and comforted. So by glad this to design. hear that. That's <laughs> all I was looking for. Thank it, you. <laughs> it is, uh, the, the typography, the choice of colors, the, the like the structure even in just this one yeah. this one kind of screen capture that you have here is like it it, it for whatever reason there's probably some uh analysis that someone can do in in the world of psychology but like it feels <laughs> it feels calming and it feels structured and it feels thank um, you yeah it's beautiful i i mean i use myself as a guide ultimately i i'm again I, i'm a like huge editor. So I use myself as a guide and then I send it out to everybody in the world and I incorporate all the feedback from absolutely every interested party, but, um, which is an impossible act, but anyway. Um, and I feel like just, again, I, I, for me, my entire wardrobe is black, <laughs> you know, I still retain that media vibe from Toronto, you know, um, but like, I love the idea that we can kind of create a classic feel where the housing structure has that straightforward black and white has like some of that um, elegance of, of having a serif, you know, serif fonts with a contrast of like bold sans serif, you know, like all caps titles. And then just playing and feeling free to like create warmth and movement and color in everything else. And it's, it's almost like you have to unlearn it because you're so used to, to editing and minusing and subtracting, but rather saying this feels good and it's exciting and whatever, let's just do it, you know? And I feel like the reactions have been really good and it's a, it's been a nice approach. So and that's the other nice thing about digital is just this experimentation and this play and this ability mm -hmm. to 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 kind of ebb and flow and move on the fly if needed. So right. if it feels right, you can try it and there's no ink and paper. I love ink and paper, but there's no ink and paper uh, uh, hurt in Absolutely. the process. And it's, yeah, it's, it's flexible. It's agile. Totally. But speaking of that, so you, I believe, have called yourself a maximalist. Can I call you that for a minute? 
Yeah. I mean, I love it. Let's okay. do that. <laughs> okay. So what is maximalism as it relates to everything that you do and kind of in the context of your magazine, how have you incorporated kind of maximalist design principles into what you do? Um, okay. So, well, maximalism isn't new, obviously. It's just that we've all been in this like minimalist hole for such a long time that it feels new. Um, but I feel like what maximalism now, um, as a kind of backlash concept is still clean and it's still intentional. Um, I feel like when we were trying to achieve a minimalist style, we had to sort of, um, cut out all of the things we loved and keep only the bare essentials that we absolutely needed. Um, but the sort of, like I said, the freedom, uh, that you have by abandoning minimalism or as a, as a constraint and sort of exploring how we can um, actually use that old white space and fill it with things that are exciting and interesting. is like dizzying and luxurious and wonderful. So it's been like a really um, exciting an exciting new concept to follow. Um, as you can maybe, you know, you can see in the background of me. I like embrace. I like things. I like to be, have <laughs> things around me, you know, like yeah, I love <laughs> Yeah. I wish you were looking into my space. And for many years, I was just like, wouldn't it be nice just to have the wall there mm -hmm. and like nothing else, but it's just never going to happen for me. And this is my party. You know, I'm going to do this how I see and my instincts. Um, you know, sometimes you follow your instincts and you're full of doubt. Um, and then the reinforcement that you get from outside helps you to understand that you should follow your instincts and that uh, it's not always easy when you're not um, every playing every single role, you know, um, but when you can do that, and sometimes even when you can't, pushing boundaries is great. You know, the worst that can happen is people can push back and say, this isn't what we're looking for, but at least you're exploring things and you understand. I, rem I went to theater school um, in high school for a bit. And I remember them always saying, you know, you should go as big as you possibly can because somebody like that's directing always knows they can bring you back, but they never know if you can get up there. So I feel like this opportunity to like do what you want and be exciting and do new things and try things that aren't the, you know, industry standard is always an exciting thing to do. Um, so anyway, that's what I'm doing here. <laughs> and I don't think anybody's pushing back. <laughs> not so far. I mean, at least they're not telling me if they feel like, <laughs> but there's been a lot of good, like, again, a lot of good feedback. I feel like, um, you know, you can see who's visiting, you can see, um, you know, where they're looking and where they're staying. And it's been a really, uh, it's been a really positive experience. And, um, you know, with digital, you can always go back to like certain dates before you change anything if you want. And uh, we'll see if I go there. <laughs> Now, you've also said that you're, when trying something different and new without much precedent to kind of study from or having mm -hmm. existing out there, you're, you're designing something entirely, again, new and novel and boundary pushing. Mm -hmm. You've mentioned that you have to come up with your own rules um, or else it becomes chaos. Mm -hmm. So I just, I'm curious to know, how have you introduced rules into your design process and kind of what does this look like when you are on on the ground as it were and kind of in, in the throes of designing life olay mm -hmm. so 
yeah, I think rules are really important, especially in the context of something that's like a maximalist. Although, I mean, maybe chaos is fun too. But as far as this magazine goes, my rules for myself are that everything, um, everything has to be intentional and everything has to be useful. So they have to meet both of those criteria. Um, and then when I was thinking about it, um, I realized that I've always had these rules, but when I was following the um, like less is more philosophy, I, I had to then only choose the top two things on that list. Whereas now I can incorporate a lot more of the list of the things that are intentional and useful. So that's basically it. It's not that complicated. I mean, at the end of the day, it has to look good. Um, for me, I don't really have a very formal or long experience working in design, um, except from the context of managing teams that were, of, you know, including designers, but actually executing my own design. It's more been a, I learned how to do it. And then I was more focused in as a writer. And then I became a creative director or whatever it was that I was managing or editor or whatever, managing people who were executing the design. So this is really my first time having this sort of freedom. I've also, I've done some graphic design in, in smaller contexts, but um, you know, there are, I'm sure that there are more formal rules about how to create something that's beautiful. But from my experience, even managing other people, um, if you have a natural aptitude or a natural sense of aesthetic, it's, it's something you can't really create, you know, a lot of rules around you either have it or you don't. So I feel like, you know, those are the formal rules for the content. What has to, what's going in there has to be intentional. It has to be useful, but as far as how it looks, it just has to look good. You know, like at the end of the day, even if it's more and it's tons of stuff and it's all different things, the composition has to feel right. You know, when you're going for this kind of maximalist approach, it's about creating comfort and good feeling and like the ability for the viewer to look at it and breathe and like feel like the pace and the rhythm of things that are moving are appropriate. That's, you know, for me, it's just you see it and you feel it yourself or you don't, you know, um, it still has to feel right and the composition still has to look right. But I can't really give any more detail on that personally. So there's a bit of intuition, yeah. a bit of creative intuition, exactly. a bit of mystery, a bit of inspiration. Yes, exactly. All and whipped up in there. Yes, I, that's exactly what I was trying to say. <laughs> no, that's that's cool. That's interesting. And I, I have a kind of a follow-up question to mm -hmm. that. I mean, you mentioned that this is really your first dive into design of this magnitude mm -hmm. of this. You've, mm -hmm. you've managed designers before as part of the process. Mm -hmm. But is there any, like how... Have you had any doubts? Your creative confidence has it been shaken in this process? Is it mm -hmm. is this something that that you've kind of just you're moving forward with, or has there been a bit of like back and forth, like ah, am I doing this right? Do I not? Am yeah. I not doing this right? Yeah, I mean, even you know, from the from a sort of foray into a, a digital sphere, um, you know, understanding like the flow of things and the experience of things is very complicated for a first timer, especially. And, you know, when I, when I got into this in the beginning and I started building Life Olay, I, I mean, I could provide all of the content and I could create, you know, lay out the vision for a, a developer or a programmer. But I, um, 
I couldn't do any of that myself. It was outside of my skill set. And I slowly picked that up along the way. But when I first designed it, I kind of scoured the internet for a template for how I wanted it to look. And I found something that was sort of right. And then I asked the asked my developer to break it in a thousand different ways to make it exactly what I wanted. And he hated me. It was the <laughs> absolute worst. It was such a terrible thing to do, but I didn't know, you know, I was outside of it. Um, and then when I wanted to build the market, I realized that what I had, you know, th that Life Olay did not have the capacity to do that because it was a broken template that had been like totally befuddled by my, by my vision. And I had to actually rebuild the entire thing to try to make it look exactly how I wanted it to look, but with new functionality and with the, the potential to expand in the future, which I'm so thankful I did, but it just, you know, it's a, it's about saying I've reached the edge. I went in the wrong direction. It looks good. And that's the hardest part. Cause everyone's like, Oh, I don't see what's wrong with it. Why would you, <laughs> but it didn't have the capacity to do anything. Cause it was kind of all glitched up and, and, and jumbled together. Um, and then I learned um, over the period of COVID where I wasn't going to a thousand events a day, how to uh, program a lot of it. And, uh, you know, so I had, I had my developer help me build the market and then I refined it to exactly what I needed because it was a clean enough uh, product for me to be able to do that. So, you know, and now I know that if I go in the wrong direction, I can sit with it for a little while or I can listen to feedback and I can reverse it or change it or delete it or do something entirely different. So, you know, the freedom to be able to do that, you know, is magic, I think, and, and is a lucky thing, because of course, no one's decisions are always right. And mine are definitely not always right. I'm just, I'm, I'm an adventurer, and I want to do new things, and I want to take chances, and I try to take safer chances, and, uh, you know, do what I think is exciting, because at least at least I enjoyed it, you know, at the end of the day. So I think that answers your question, probably, possibly. It does. It does. And I, I'm seeing a theme here, if, if I if I may. So I, you mentioned earlier about coming to a county, coming to the county and just kind of sitting and observing and not trying to, to take over, but but see what's going on and see where you kind of fit in. Mm -hmm. And then here you're saying something similar in a design context where it's if if you are going down the wrong path or if you're taking these chances and not quite, you don't quite know where you're going and you realize you're in the wrong direction, you can stop and mm -hmm. sit and mm -hmm. listen mm -hmm. and and totally. figure out where you fit in and figure out what you need to to do to change to kind of course correct totally. so it's yeah i'm i'm very yeah. much steeped in the uh in this con concept of listening and creativity i'm doing a series on it right now and oh. i've I'm, I've, I've interviewed 11 people so far. And so it's like very top of mind for me. It's all I'm hearing is <laughs> you know, listening. The, and it's such a great lesson. It, it is. It's, it's totally something. And it goes with, it goes hand in hand with the sort of thing we were talking about before, which is like having a little bit of humility. Mm. Um, and, you know, again, I feel like, uh, you know, on one hand, you're like confident, you have ideas and you want to share them. And then there's a the humility to sort of sit back and just sit and listen and know that it doesn't diminish your ideas and your right. ability to contribute to the conversation because there's time 
there's time for collaborative, you know, kind of feeling. It doesn't have to be you first. Um, anyway, it's an interesting sort of, no, the other thing for me is that there are a lot of times where I think, oh, no one's reading this. No one's really listening, you know, like just because they're these hits, it's just they're looking and they're moving on or whatever. And then there are other moments. So you feel like, oh, I'm doing this for me. So it's fine. And then there are other times when like my sister-in-law says, oh, I was at my dentist in like somewhere random, not anywhere no close to here. And they're a huge fan and they read everything. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> I really better think about what I'm doing here and not take so many risks, <laughs> you know. But anyway, that's that's the other side of it. But uh, yeah, no, that's 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 awesome. The fact that, yeah, you you have created this this publication, you have this mindset of like, it's it's OK to take a pause and take a breath and, and figure out kind of what what we're doing here. And as you say, kind of course correct if needed. And that sounds like a huge overhaul that you had to do at, to, to make it work with kind of expanded functionality. So kudos to you for, for taking that Thank leap. Thank you. I'm so happy it's over. <laughs> <laughs> so what is next? What is next for the magazine? Can you give us any teasers about what's in your future? Mm, so many, so many things. Um, Nothing concrete. It's difficult because I wake up um, every day and I think I'm thinking something new is buzzing around. But I'm going to go all out and let you in on um, the deepest seeds here. I'm kind of I'm mulling over the idea of developing a, a virtual space um, that's sort of interactive and lets people experience the kind of awesomeness of being in the county from wherever they are. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how that's going to look exactly, but I have 10,000 approaches that are happening in my mind right now. So what do you think of that? An idea, that's, not an idea? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Any And bringing in more of that comfort and mm -hmm. and experiential stuff. I'm, a, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm in. The other, I mean, the other thing is the idea for Life Away in the beginning came out of this. Uh, do you remember Richard Florida? Um, yes. It, the Who, MIT professor. City? Who, yeah, and he came up with that notion of the creative class about how people could leave the big kind of metropolitan centers. And if the infrastructure could support it, they would be able to go to all of these rural places and kind mm -hmm. of call in their talents back to the city. And when I got here, one of the other things I noticed was that there was so much talent here, but instead of calling it into the city, they were turning it inwards towards the county and doing really cool things here in this rural place. And I thought, if I launch a magazine here in 10 years, this content is going to be together and it's going to be a model for other rural Ontario places where we can look back and examine it in the moment and like feel how it felt as they're moving forward and look at how this kind of this, like how, how Florida's concept could be turned inwards, you know, on itself and, and create a, an infrastructure for, for a new, a, a new concept of, of what rural Ontario or rural world looks like, you know? So, uh, you know, that was another, that was another piece of that. So Anyway, I'm rambling at this point. No, it's no, I'm supporting, <laughs> supporting local and kind of, and as yeah. you say, kind of feeding inwards. Like, mm -hmm. why would you take all this? Like, the talent mm -hmm. is leaving the city. Yes, but not but that there's no need... talent here. Well, the talent course. here is phenomenal. It's more the collaboration between mm -hmm. 
you know, different types of minds, you know, a city mind is different than a rural mind. And when they come together and they're working on things, the stuff that comes out of it, you know, another component that we didn't talk about, but that I have included from the beginning in the magazine is, is like creating collaborations with different people here and kind of going in, taking an interesting person who's super brilliant and just uh, going in with no preconceptions of what we're going to do together and just talking and coming up with an, with an insanely cool project and then rolling it out in different ways. And I have, there's so many examples of it that are actually in Life Olay right now that I'm not gonna get into because you've listened to me for long enough. But um, it's been like, those those collaborations have been so cool and are really great examples um, of, of that sort of, you know, evolution of a place and, and what people, what happens when you put people together who are excited and are like leveraging the magic of being out in the country, you know, and what it offers. So. The theme continues, just mm. going in and listening and mm-hmm. seeing what happens. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's yes. Cool. That's very cool. Very cool. cool. So it's I guess cool. my last question for you, and then we'll open it up to mm-hmm. the to the room. So if anyone mm-hmm. has burning questions that you would like to ask Linnell, um, I am going to, let me just, before I forget, make it so that you can, there we go, that you can ask questions in the chat or by all means, if you want to speak up and ask a question, uh, that's totally fine as well. But mm-hmm. kind of my final question for you, Linnell, is, uh, and you've spoken to some of these themes already, but I'd love to know where you see the magazine industry heading in the next kind of one, five, 10 years, short term, long term, anywhere in between. Mm-hmm. And what are some of kind of these overarching trends that you believe students of the industry, students in this class and beyond should mm-hmm. be aware of? Um, so I think that, I mean, the first thing, again, I'm having not really thought through these things, but they're sort of the front of my mind. Um, I think, first of all, there's going to be a, a bit of a backlash against that, a sort of like free for all journalism that's happening. Um, so that there's like a different credibility structure that will put fact on one side and feeling on the other so that readers mm-hmm. can understand what they're, what they're actually getting into. Um, so I think, again, the backlash will be just like a little bit of a more formalized structure um, for journalism. That's a guess. It may be the exact opposite, that everything will have the same amount of credibility and we'll not know what's going on out there, but whatever. Um, and then from a more format-focused perspective, you sort of think, you know, let's dream that like magazines will be maybe more interactive and um, dimensional. Um you know, not a, not the page, not the screen, whatever that means. I'll let you interpret it however you like. So. Yeah. It, there's, oh, there's so many cool things I've often thought. And Linnell, this is, I'm putting it out into the world and maybe you can be the first one ever to make mm-hmm. this happen. Mm-hmm. But why <laughs> has no one ever, and maybe it exists, I don't know, but why has no one ever created a, um, like an audio magazine? Well, uh, like an yeah. audio book. I mean, there's lots of visual elements. Yes. Mm. But I feel like there's something there where you could almost format it like a podcast series mm-hmm. and you have sh- mm-hmm. short snippets of articles and, and kind of anyway, I'm there's there's so much cool stuff. I think that when the intersection of different media, the intersection of different people yeah, and good. ideas and formats, let's do it. I'm, I'm in. <laughs> let's hearing do it. it. <laughs> You're hearing it here first, everybody. So, so I just wrote an article. Um, for another magazine um, about, uh, you know, it was like a profile of a, of a 
great photographer. Um, and uh, it was interesting because I wanted to talk about, I wanted to write about her work in a way that without even seeing the images, people could understand and feel what was special and amazing about it. And so what I was trying to do was align the words that I used with the feeling of it mm. um, and, and sort of changing um, the sensation, you know, from like the written word to like a visual, you know, feeling people are used to that, but not in such a abstract kind of way or with an abstract work. And, you know, if you were doing an audio magazine like that, you could create that sort of those visual prompts for people um, through just the way that you spoke, the, the kind of language, the scripting and, and whatever, and maybe even sound, sound technology, you know, and like, um, audio mixing and things like that. So, um, let's do it, you know, <laughs> let's pilot this. We'll, we'll change the world yeah. one magazine and one <laughs> totally. podcast at a time. Totally. I love yes. it. Cool. Done. <laughs> All right. That's so our collaboration. That note, yes, I'm excited. Okay. <laughs> on that note, any questions for Lanelle? All right. So we have, uh, okay, Rachel. So I love this. I also live in a small tourist town, Perry Sound. Did Life Olay start as a blog and grow from there? Or did you always know you wanted it to be a publication? How mm. did you make this profitable? Lots of good stuff in there. Yeah. Good question. Good question. So um, two good questions in there. Um, so it was funny because everybody wanted Life Olay to be a blog and the way that I, you know, in the beginning, people used to always introduce me, oh, this is Linnell and she has this blog and it was a constant battle against having a blog. <laughs> you know, I was constantly like, this is a magazine and, and there was a very clear reason for it. Um, and that was that I feel like a blog is a single voice, you know, it's like very directed. And even though I know I've come across as being very bossy and like with a very direct vision in this, um, what it really comes down to is that I have always loved, you know, directing and being the editor of magazines because I love working with writers and I love working with different people and hearing different voices and having a very like, um, you know, it, it creates like a big picture. And I knew that if I was trying to do this special thing with the magazine, that would where I'd be capturing a like big picture of what was going on here, I wouldn't be able to do it if it was all me talking, you know? And, you know, from another perspective, when you move to a smaller kind of more rural place from the city, it's quite obnoxious to launch a magazine about a place and say, oh, I know everything about this place. And I just got here and you guys have been here for like, nine generations <laughs> and I'm going to just start talking. So the big idea was this is a magazine. I'm going to talk to my neighbors. I'm going to like interview everybody. I'm going to like recruit writers. I love working with writers who aren't actual writers who I can like, who are just great thinkers. And I can, you know, we can talk and we can make something amazing that people care about reading. So that, that was my big plan. And I tried to reject the idea of it being a blog from the beginning so that people would understand that it was a reflection of everything that was happening in a lot of different talents, not just my tunnel vision. So um, there was that part. And then as far as making money goes, that's a very good question. So in the very beginning, it started as sort of a, does, is this going to fly? And does anybody care a project? You know, it was, I've done this a bunch of times for other publishers, but this is my first time publishing. And I want to make sure that this is, you know, it was a test. I wanted to see what was going on and if people were interested and if it was wanted and if it was necessary. 
So I, I, and I wanted, again, it to be authentic and to have, um, to capture in reality what was happening without compromising because I needed advertising. So I was very careful. And, and when I did stories with people um, where I was like, for example, there's one article in there called uh, Countified, How to Move to the County. And I, I talked to this one guy, Peter Sage, who runs Sage uh, um, Construction and Design. And he's so cool. And when I was talking to him one day, he was like, I want to advertise in the magazine. Tell me what I can do. I need to. And I said, I'm not quite there. I'm trying to figure out how I want to do that. Um, and I said, but we have this like great rapport. Why don't we, and you're so interesting and such a nerd like me, why don't we write an article together and we're going to write how to move to the County. And it's going to be about all of your knowledge. And it's going to talk about how you talk to your clients and, and, and what they need to know when people are moving here and they want to build a house. And it's going to give all of that information and position you as an expert because you are. Um, and it's going to be a great ad, but it's going to be legitimate and authentic and, and make sense for the readers. And he said, fine, that's great. And I said, and you can give me money for it. <laughs> and he said, good. And I said, good. And that's the kind of thing that I did. I wanted to make sure it always made sense and that it made sense for everybody involved and that there was no compromise. And then when I had the capacity um, to expand into the marketplace and have like living ads that were in a very logical arena and I could help them structure it and I could help people. I mean, as part of my background is in marketing and advertising as well. And, um, and then I could help people create like stalls, I call them. So I make them, some people buy their stalls forever. So they own that property or some people rent them for certain periods of time. So they would be accessible to people with different amounts of, um, with different budgets. And then I can create a value add where I can tell them how to design their stalls. So it's appealing and that it can sell the things that they want, you know, connect people to where they need to connect with them, et cetera. So it feels like a community thing. And it's cool when you live in a small community because you're working with people and you're offering all the best of you and the best of your product. Um, but you're still making, making, uh, bringing in revenue uh, in a logical way. So uh, I think that more than answers everything. Great question and great Thank answer. Thank you, Rachel. This is great. You okay. You Thank right. you so much. My for, pleasure. For Thank everyone you. in the class, for all all the, the students in the class, uh, we're going to come back in about five minutes. And for everyone listening at home, we're coming back in a couple of days with the final episode in this mini-series all about the production of magazines. See you then.